Welcome to the IT Innovation Insider, brought to you by Nutanix, where each month we focus on IT innovations that are moving federal agencies forward. Here's your host, Jason Miller, with Chris Howard, Vice President of U.S. Public Sector for Nutanix. Welcome to the discussion. My guest is once again Chris Howard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Nutanix. Chris, this is Episode 3. Welcome back. Thank you very much, Jason. Now, at the end of Episode 2, I gave you some homework, right? You may not remember that homework, but I asked you for a prediction about the DoD Jedi Cloud initiative, a little bit of news back in June around moving it under to the, the DoD CIO. What do you think this means? What's the future of the Jedi Cloud procurement effort from DoD? How do you see this? where this is heading? Yeah, I don't know how it's all going to end up, but I do see the move to the DoD CIO's office as a positive move for industry. I think it'll bring a lot more structure. It'll allow a lot more competition and, and hopefully come to, a, come to a point where they, they understand that a multi-cloud approach is, is the best path forward. But uh, I guess time will tell. We'll know, uh, we'll know here over the, the coming months. Exactly. All right. Well, it's good that you stayed very medium, uh, you know, not too hot, not too cold, but uh, we appreciate this. So this is episode three of the new show, the IT Innovation Insider. Nutanix is, is sponsoring the show, and each month we explore a wide range of IT modernization issues, whether it's cloud or data center optimization and consolidation. And what we're doing today is talking about hybrid cloud. Now, let me give you a little bit of statistics to get us started. We know a few things about hybrid cloud. It's very popular. In fact, research from Gartner says in 2017, so here we are in 2018, 75% of all IT managers are using hybrid cloud to meet their needs. An adoption of hybrid cloud back in 2017 had increased by 13% year over year, while cloud adoption generally had increased only by 2%. So again, huge appetite from a multi-cloud approach. And, and Chris, you guys actually at Nutanix are about to publish a study that reveals several key drivers, several trends around the state of cloud computing. So give us the preview. What are some of those drivers and trends? This is actually our third uh, study that we've done. So in 2016, we looked at the federal agency's adoption and innovative technologies, and it was around hyperconvergence infrastructure, which is where Nutanix was at the time. So that was 2016, and that gave us a lot of good information. Uh, 2017, we, we did another study, and it had more to do with the enterprise cloud platform experience. So we surveyed a lot of federal agencies on how they were doing cloud, what worked, uh, what didn't work, cost questions, and just getting insights into what the federal government was doing. So now this most recent study, we decided to look at their hybrid or multiple cloud adoption in, in the federal government. And really what it, what it showed us was uh, there's three main reasons why customers, uh, especially federal government, are, are engaging in evaluating multiple clouds. One is probably the most obvious is security requirements. Each agency has different security requirements as it relates to compliance and data sovereignty. So that in a lot of instances, is, is causing them to look at many different approaches, whether it's on-prem, hybrid cloud, or the public cloud uh, experience. Second was they all have different security and data sensitivity levels. So the level may determine what they can do with their data, where they can run it. It could be in one cloud but not the other. It could only be on-prem. So that, that was the second reason. And finally, respondents felt that different platforms were better for different workloads. So the workload itself was driving whether they ran it at one cloud or the other or kept it on-prem. So that's kind of a, a high-level overview of the, the study that we just did and a little bit of background on the other studies. It's interesting you guys have moved from hyperconvergence to this uh, idea of enterprise cloud uh, platform experience and now hybrid, multi-cloud. What does that tell you about the trends more broadly in the industry itself, the federal sector? Is It's a maturity, but also what else around cloud and, and the adoption of cloud? I think the main takeaway is that you know one size doesn't fit everything. 
right? There's got to be different approaches. Everyone has different use cases. Uh, we already talked about some of them. So I think, it, 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 to me, it's showing that there is an openness to evaluate the best place to run. There is no utopia where every application, every workload, every data set is going to be the best fit from an agency perspective. So all in all, I think it's a, it's a positive approach, and it shows me that there is a willingness and an openness to evaluate a lot of different types of technologies, whether it's on-prem or, or public cloud or even the hybrid approach. Is that surprising a little bit that that openness is here, or did you, had you seen it evolve over the last decade or so? Because I, I think at one time early on, and this goes back to, I think, the very end of episode two, where we talked about the cost issues, right? Your tease from that episode two was around the, the cost drivers and how that's changing. Do you get a sense that there's a better understanding of what cloud is, how it works, why it can work for you. And that's why these conversations are moving from one cloud, one size fits all to multi sizes for multi different you know, clouds. Um, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, as, as it relates to Nutanix, you know, our evolution with customers has really opened their eyes to the, the possibility that you can take this multiple approach, right? A lot of our customers started with hyperconverged, then, uh, then they started looking at, well, how can we expand this not only into other, diff- other different workloads, but even other different locations or clouds. So I think that just as technology has, uh, has evolved, customers have become more open, and I've definitely seen a shift. I think that shift initially started with customers that had embraced our technology early on, just because the they like the performance, they like the simplicity and stuff like that. That's what drives them to think, okay, well, how else can we use this or how else can we enable this technology to let us take advantage of whatever technology, whatever cloud, whatever application they want to at any time they want. So I think, I think I've definitely seen a shift where people are more open, but that doesn't mean that there still isn't a legacy mindset in some agencies and, and there still isn't a mindset that there is some one size fits all, which is not going to be the case. And, and hopefully the government, you know, as time progresses, c- continues to expand their, their, their usage of not only public cloud, but on-prem and hybrid, hybrid cloud technologies. Are you also seeing the change in RFPs, solicitations, task orders, where maybe at one time they were taking a single cloud approach. Now they're saying, you know, open up the aperture and let us know, hey, what's the art of the possible? Oh, absolutely. We're definitely seeing a shift in, in requirements that are coming out of the federal government. And, uh, you know, two years ago, I think, if we were doing a show like this, it would have been about, hey, we need to open up RFPs. We need to take out restrictive language. Not that, I mean, that still happens today, but it's happening at a much uh, lower percentage. I mean, we're seeing a lot more opportunities where there is no brand name justification or sole source. There is an openness to competition. You know, I still think there's a problem around, you know, some of the lowest cost technically acceptable, but that's a bigger problem than I can solve, at least on this uh, this episode. We could talk a whole discussion about LPTA. It's good to see that right. maybe there's a, the pendulum has swung back a little bit, so not so much LPTA, because I know nobody, except for the a few, enjoyed it. Let's go back to your survey a little bit and, and go through some highlights, some of the findings. What are some things that stood out to you that the uh, federal agencies told you in the survey? The first one was that security is the number one topic, and that's probably not news to anyone, but some interesting stats that we noted, and I'm not going to go through all of them because there's a bunch of them, but uh, in 2016, around security, 55% of the the respondents noted security most often as the challenge in managing their environment. So that's 2016, and if you look at the the response in 2018, 44% noted that different security requirements were the one driving factor for the use of multiple clouds within the organization. So you can kind of see a shift over a two-year period where – 
you know, security used to be the, the top of mind for everyone, and it still is, but that's what drove a lot of the on-prem specific workloads. And I think now um, people are looking at security and evaluating it could be a multi, multi-cloud approach, and by multi-cloud, I don't mean just public cloud. I mean some applications are going to be on-prem, some are going to be in a, in a, in a cloud environment, but the security requirements that, that the application has are actually dictating which cloud they go with now. And I think that's a big change from 2016 because at that point it was just go to the cloud. And you could check a box by just putting an application in the cloud, but there was real no, no thought around the security or multi-cloud approach. So I think that's, that's one thing that we've seen. The second thing that we've seen, which is, to me, even more important, is cost control and how difficult that is to achieve in a, in a cloud environment. Because in the beginning of time when you know, cloud first was enabled, cost wasn't the main driving factor. It was just going to the cloud. Well, now here we are, you know, fast forward, whatever it is, five years. People are noticing that the public cloud isn't necessarily cheaper. So how do we optimize cost control and how do we optimize our ability to choose which cloud on which day is going to give me the best cost for that workload. And they should have the flexibility to be able to move. I'm not saying it's the best thing to move every day, but you should be able to move, whether that's on a weekly or monthly basis, based on where the cost is going to be the most beneficial. And that's where the multi-cloud approach is is really winning out in that it it enhances competition and it enhances innovation. And it gives us a better measurement of cost because now we have true competition amongst these cloud vendors. All right, two good ones. Let me back up and maybe talk a little security first, and then we'll talk more cost. The shift is coming from where? I mean, is it is it a broader idea, a broader understanding, a broader acceptance of the FedRAMP program, or is the shift coming from this idea that agencies have a better idea of what they're trying to protect and how they need to protect it? Why do you think that, that this percentage, if you will, change from biggest challenge in managing my environment to different security requirements is the biggest driving factor? Yeah, I think FedRAMP has a lot to do with it, and I think a lot of agencies have uh, understood the process, and and there's still a lot of work to be done around FedRAMP, but I think FedRAMP has helped agencies adopt it. So, you know, before on-prem was the king and security was always the reason, but now there's a lot of FedRAMP providers that have the necessary security requirements, and so it's just giving our customers more uh, freedom of choice. So whereas they used to have it all on-prem, now they have many different options. And the FedRAMP requirements and you know PL levels and security levels are pretty straightforward. So if you have a data set or an application that has this specific security requirement, then you can easily go out and look at the FedRAMP site and see who's certified. And then you can compete against those. There might be you know three, four, five, or ten. And it still allows for the competition. So I think there's a couple different things that have, that have happened. One is cloud has become more open and, and transparent and we understand it more and we can evaluate it better. But I definitely think the FedRAMP process has, has helped. And that's an evolving process and one that we're very involved in. And, and hopefully it will continue to become more clear to these agencies so they, they can make reasonable decisions in a short amount of time and adopt whatever cloud is best suited for their application. I think one of the biggest changes, specifically on FedRAMP, but more generally on cloud, is this idea of and this comfortability of moving, if you will, FISMA high, right? Really sensitive work to the cloud saying, hey, we can do this now. And whether, again, we'll go back to the CIA's effort with their CS2 program or even the DoD effort with MillCloud or some even some, some DHS efforts around you know, the HISN program that have all are taken advantage of the ability for cloud, I, I would point to that as the turning point where agencies really can say, hey, I'm comfortable with putting high side into the cloud, the, the right cloud. I mean, when, when you talk to your agency customers, do you have more conversations about high, medium, low? And, and, you know, at one point it was only low and medium, and now they're saying, well, what about high? Yeah, I mean, we have 
daily conversations with our customers around all of their requirements, and a lot of it is cloud-based and, and what, like what you said, FISMA high, medium, or low. You know, two or three years ago, there were very few players in that space, and it was very difficult for a customer to put, you know, all their eggs in one basket. Well, now, when you have multiple different options, it gives you the ability to really do a proper evaluation, understand the process, understand the security requirements, um, which in turn leads them to really evaluate their own internal security requirements. I still have customers today that tell me we can't put our data out there. And um, it's their decision. I find that somewhat shocking. The government has done a great job of evolving their capabilities and what they offer to the agency. So I think as time goes by, you know, 2018, 2019, we're only going to see more companies and more data centers out there that offer this level of security that people are comfortable with. And it gives them more choice. And once again, this is all about competition, right? We're trying to have enough competition out there that still allows for innovation and cost control. So I, I, these conversations are happening every day, and, and it's exciting to be a part of it because our role in this is simply to give them the freedom to choose. And we will support their workload and manage it and give them cost optimization no matter where it lives. And I think that's the evolution and the direction that we're going within the, uh, the federal government and certainly within the commercial sector. All right, Chris, you brought up cost control again. We're going to take a quick break and come back. That's what we're going to jump into for the next segment. You're listening to the IT Innovation Insider, sponsored by Nutanix on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. A recent survey revealed that at least 50% of federal agencies are using multiple clouds in their IT environment. Combine that with the legacy infrastructure that most agencies still use, and you can imagine the complexity and the limitations of such an environment. But federal agencies are adopting Nutanix to simplify and manage this complexity. Nutanix software-driven infrastructure and enterprise cloud give IT freedom from complexity, freedom to work with any cloud, to run any application at the scale they need, to use whatever technology stack suits them, and to invent the technology that will move their mission forward. To learn more about how Nutanix is helping organizations simplify their IT environments, visit Nutanix.com freedom. Welcome back. You're listening to the IT Innovation Insider, sponsored by Nutanix on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest is Chris Howard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Nutanix. Now, Chris, we start talking about the, the survey you guys are, are releasing soon, and one of the things that you brought up was some trends. You, we talked security. The other issue was cost control. Now, let's first define what you mean by cost control, and then let's talk about some of the trends you're seeing around it. Well, cost control to us, and, and based on the survey, it's really analyzing and, and figuring out what is the true cost of going to the public cloud, and is it the best and most efficient cost? And it's pretty interesting, because we actually did this in a, two different studies. We did it in 2017 and 2018, and the, the, the information we got in return was, was a little bit different. So a couple of the interesting things on the 2017 report was that 50% felt cost savings could be greater if it were easier to control and manage costs with the public cloud. So what that tells me is that 50% of the people thought they could achieve uh, some sort of cost benefit, but they didn't really know how to uh, manage it with the public cloud. 45% of the respondents felt it was easier for costs to escalate in public cloud. So Two different things that from the 2017 study. Now, when we did it again in 2018, which was all about the multi-cloud approach, some of the things that, uh, that were pretty interesting is that 49% of the respondents thought that the cost that they, they received from the public cloud provider was just as they expected. So almost half the respondents felt cloud costs what they thought cloud cost. Um, but more than 25% of those, say, those respondents thought 
the cost was more than expected. So it's an, it's an interesting thing that, you know, all of these different users are having this different feedback on what cloud. And the last one that, uh, that we got a response on was 72% of the respondents are in the process of, of creating a better management and optimization of their cost in the cloud. So some interesting things when you look at it because a lot of, you know, people think differently about the cloud. And to us, from a Nutanix perspective, we've been saying since the, you know, years ago that, we feel 25% of your applications are best suited for the cloud because they're unpredictable workloads. They scale up real quick and have to scale down. So why go out and buy infrastructure? But 75% of your costs or your applications are better suited on-prem, assuming you have an efficient infrastructure. So this panacea that the cloud was going to be cheaper than expected, I think most people realize at this point that the cloud is not a cost saver. There are so many other reasons to use the public cloud, and nine times out of ten, cost is not one of them because traditionally the cost is going to be more expensive. So it's really how do you optimize it, and that's where it comes into play, you know, what applications are best suited for the cloud. And predictable applications should be run on-prem, unpredictable in the cloud. And the reason this cost has come, come into play is that a lot of people want to run everything in the cloud, and there's just never going to be a cost benefit, in our opinion, from that. You really have to do a proper evaluation of your applications and figure out which ones are best suited. And then I think you will see the cost benefits you're looking for when you have that hybrid cloud approach. But what about the argument around you may be paying the same, but you'll get better capabilities, you'll get more flexibility, you'll get better agility. So if you have, even on a predictable a workload, if you have a spike or, or, or a bump in the road where you need a little bit more or you need a little less, with the cloud, you can turn that on, turn that off. What about that argument saying it's it's not just a straight dollar for dollar? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of benefits that people can bring up around the public cloud. What we've always said at Nutanix is that you should be, with innovation and the technologies that exist out there today, like the Nutanix uh, technology, you can bring the characteristics of the public cloud that you want, the ease of use, the quick you know, time to, to uptime, the innovation and constant uh, new feature sets. All of those capabilities are available today for you to pull on-prem for those predictable workloads. Once again, getting back to the cost, as long as you can build the infrastructure on-prem in a cloud-like manner, you're always going to have a more efficient and cheaper cost on-prem for those predictable workloads and still get the same criteria that you want around security and data governance and those types of things. So I, I think that's the best, the best way to go, and that's why hybrid, hybrid cloud is, is eventually going to win out. The other piece you brought up with is around this idea of app rationalization, understanding what you have, what's ready, what's not, what really can be run in the cloud and what's not. And I think that's the optimization piece. So let's take us down that path a little bit too. What did the survey or what are your customers, when you talk to them about cloud, where does that the, this optimization rationalization discussion come in? Yeah, so I think a couple interesting stats from the surveys that we did around that and the optimization and application workloads is that in 2017, I think it was 29% of public cloud users noted the necessity of getting used to giving up control over their infrastructure in the public cloud. So a lot of people, almost 30%, just didn't want to give up control of, of their infrastructure. And I think that's probably still relevant today in 2018. I think there's still a lot of people. But in the survey we did in 2018, 72% have completed or in the process of implementing and expanding the cloud management and monitoring capabilities. So I think that is pretty relevant because what's happening with 
with the public cloud usages is, especially in a multi-cloud environment, how do I still have the consistency from a, from a monitoring and visualization perspective? And that's something that Nutanix has worked really hard on, and that's why the multi-cloud approach to us is, is so popular in our messaging is because no matter where your applications reside, you still have full and complete control over them. You still have visualization from, from the same management interface that's managing your private your hybrid and your public cloud applications. So it's interesting to see that, you know, in 2017, a lot of people were still worried about giving up to control, and now almost three-fourths of the respondents in 2018 are working on the optimization and management and visualization of those, those applications. And it should be consistent. No matter where your application lives, you should have the same management construct. You should have the same ability to visualize the data, the, the performance of your application. So as long as you have that consistent across, no matter where your data lives, whether on-prem, hybrid, or public cloud, that I think is going to bring the most benefit to the government agencies. Because right now that could cause a little bit of a headache if you're managing 10 different environments with 10 different interfaces. There's no consistency. It's very hard to rationalize what are my costs? Is it efficient? So I think that's the biggest trend that we're seeing around the optimization and management of the private or public cloud or hybrid cloud. Give me a sense of what cloud monitoring and management capabilities are. What do they look like? Is it, is it a quote-unquote dashboard or, or what? Yeah, well, today uh, it's you know, many, many different dashboards. <laughs> and what Nutanix has developed and, and what most customers are wanting is a, sing, you know, I hate to use it, but a single pane of glass. But think of it as a dashboard that shows your applications, your workloads, your data. It shows the performance. It shows all kinds of monitoring metrics, but it is a single a single UI or dashboard so that the administrators can go to one place to figure out not only what's working on-prem, but what's working in the public cloud and what changes need to be made. And that's where the optimization comes in. So yeah, you can think of it as a single dashboard that allows you access and visualization to everything, no matter where it lives, that you're, that's in your environment. I think that's helpful. One of the things about when you talk about monitoring and management capabilities, is, is it the broker model? Is it what, what kind of model is it? So, so thank you for that. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the IT Innovation Insider, sponsored by Nutanix on federalnewsradio.com at 1500 AM. Eight years after the Federal Cloud First initiative, a certain universal truth has emerged. Success in cloud is not a one-size-fits-all proposition. A recent survey revealed that 59% of federal agencies plan to increase their use of private cloud over the next two years. Results from that same survey noted that organizations realize the greatest cost savings and IT agility when using a hybrid cloud model. Nutanix gives agencies the freedom to manage hybrid cloud complexity with ease. With the enterprise cloud, you can combine the agility and simplicity of the public cloud with the security and control you need in a private cloud. No more lock-in, spiraling cost, and data governance issues. To learn more about how Nutanix can free you from IT complexity, visit Nutanix.com freedom. Welcome back. You're listening to the IT Innovation Insider, sponsored by Nutanix on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest is Chris Howard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Nutanix. The other piece of this, and I think that's worth talking about, is the governance and, and asset control. And I think the cloud monitoring management capabilities are part of that. But I think there's even more. There's a broader discussion that we can hit upon. So talk a little bit about what you found out from the survey around governance, asset control areas as well. So we're seeing that, uh, you know, in 2016 and 2017, more and more respondents, that was one of their main concerns, is they felt like moving to the public cloud, they were losing governance, they were losing asset control. But as time has evolved and capabilities are, are coming to the market that allow for better optimization, I think that the, the majority of respondents here in the latest survey feel that they can still get a lot of that governance and asset control 
whether it's in the public cloud. But the main thing behind that is you have to give them the ability from a monitoring perspective, from a management perspective. It should be easy for the customer, the federal agency, to look at the environment no matter where it exists and get the data that they need to report up, get what's mission critical to them. You know, in the old days and still today, a lot of people build their environment around hardware. And the cloud is, you don't care what hardware it's running on in the cloud. So that's a big step in to get people out of the infrastructure business because the infrastructure is, is probably the, the lowest on the totem pole as far as what should be looked at or designed. It should be invisible to them, right? It's, it's like your lights. You don't, when you turn the light switch on, the lights work. You don't care what's behind the wall. And that's the way your infrastructure should be. The plumbing or the, the hardware that's running it should be the least. Um, so we're seeing a big trend and a shift from what people are, are really evaluating. And, and I think that's giving them more freedom to, to move the application and not worry so much about the asset control or the governance. There are some agencies that just will never get past that. They want the asset control. They have really extreme governance requirements. But I think if you pulled the, the – and this study showed it. A lot of the, the respondents are now – they're still concerned about it, but it's a, it's a smaller portion of the population set that are concerned about it. Chris, a lot of good data in this survey, the, these results. Something to look out for as they come out. But one of the things that I keep going hearing you come back to is the multi-cloud approach. And this has been a, a theme through a lot of our conversations through these first three episodes. And one thing that kind of occurred to me is, okay, we worried about silos back in the you know on-premise days. Are you building a silo for financial management? Are you building a silo for acquisition? And if you take a multi-cloud approach, is there also concern that you're going to build a silo in, in the cloud now? And, and then how do you fight against that that desire to say, well, I'll have a cloud for finance and I'll have a cloud for acquisition and I'll have a cloud for HR? How, how do you ensure that, that, if you will, integration? Yeah, and that's where the whole multi-cloud management platform comes into play. Um, you know, when the cloud first was being embraced by not only the federal government but the general population, everything was very siloed, right? You had a management console for this cloud, this cloud, this cloud. The data was separate. You couldn't get a lot of AI and machine learning around that. Um, but today, with capabilities that are available in the marketplace, once again, getting back to the ability to, to manage all of that multi-cloud approach, whether it's on-prem, hybrid, or public cloud, through a unified management capability, which is what Nutanix offers through our Prism, Prism console, but a lot of different companies have these capabilities. As long as you can manage them, they're obviously all still independent from each other, but you can manage them as one and have visualization. You're still not to the point where we were five years ago where you had a desktop team, an application team, a server team, a storage team, and all of them were competing business units and all of them had their own agendas. I think that the, the multi-cloud approach, while some people would still say it's siloed, as long as you have the management capability and you're able to look at the, the cost-benefit analysis and you're okay with the governance and asset control, you still need to have a unified management platform. Otherwise, you will have silos. And that's what Nutanix is bringing to the market is that ability to manage that workload no matter where it exists um, and, and no matter what the application or data set is. So I, don't, I, I think you can create silos, but I think there are many ways around it. Um, but that is a big topic of discussion because this whole silo thing, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud, it's been, it's been top of mind for years and years and years. And we're trying to get people away from thinking like that because there are technologies that exist today that allow you to eliminate those silos. Chris, this has been fascinating. We're just about out of time. So you, you know me, I always like to ask you for a little preview of the next show. So as we move on to and start planning for episode four, uh, give me a preview. What, what should we expect to talk about? 
Yeah, I think we're going to focus on the, the end of government fiscal year uh, spending. What are the IT trends that we see happening um, as the government fiscal year expires? What does cloud adoption look like? All right, you're going to have a busy September, busy August, I imagine. So we'll catch up and see how that went. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this episode. You've been listening to the IT Innovation Insider, sponsored by Nutanix, on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Jason Miller, and I'd like to thank my guest today, Chris Howard, the Vice President of Public Sector for Nutanix. Chris, thank you so much as always. Thank you, Jason. It was my pleasure. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search IT Innovation Insider. Thank you for listening to the IT Innovation Insider, brought to you by Nutanix for Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. Today's episode can be found on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Keyword NTNX.